Three, two, one. Welcome to the Possum Time. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's been a long time. The Possums, the funny thing about them is that you think they're dead, but they're not actually. They're still going strong, and boy do we have a treat for you. Today I am joined by... Pop Pop and next to me Cricket Cricket and Pop Pop my my two dearest possums today the three of us are here and we will be joined later with a special message from the Red Bandit to talk about a movie that everyone here has been clamoring for this is a long awaited film and it coincides both with the holiday spirit and with the release of that new Star Wars movie today we're talking about none other than the Star Wars holiday special what a doozy guys what a doozy Uh, to kick things off with a plot synopsis pop pop it is life day a holiday that is celebrated on Chewbacca's home planet Kashyyyk that's right Chewie and Han Solo are trying to get to the planet where Chewie's family is waiting for him but the Empire is out searching for the rebels giving everyone a hard time while we're waiting we get a look at the everyday life of a Wookiee family we meet all... <laughs> it's true, we do. No, please. <laughs> we meet all of the familiar characters from Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, and we're introduced to Boba Fett during a short cartoon. We also pay a visit to the cantina and meet all the monsters again. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this film. I feel like it's a perfect companion piece to the original Star Wars film. But before I, I say anything further, Cricket, if you could talk about some of the key themes... Yeah, well, I think uh, there were two themes that kind of go hand in hand and also contradict each other a little bit. And the first one, I think, was family is everything. Mm, that it's beautiful. Really, really, the message on this Life Day, uh, watching the movie, uh, was that everything, the family needs to come first. Like when the uh, Imperial, what are they called? Stormtroopers. Yeah, the Imperial Guard, is that right? The Imperial, the guys, the bad guys, yes. they come in. Yep. Um, Stormtroopers. And uh, the Wookiee family, uh, our friends Mala and Lumpy and Itchy. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, Chewie's beautiful yeah, family. Uh, they'll do anything to protect each other and, and save each other. The, they're very selfless in that way. Just a quick note to our listeners. We actually timed the recording of this so that we watched the film on Life Day. Yeah. So family is everything, but the uh, flip side of that, I think, is that relationships are very difficult. That um, It's very hard on Mala to have Chewie off gallivanting around the galaxy with Han while she stays home cooking delicious Wookiee meals that she learns from television. Mm-hmm. Really, her only relationship, I think, is with the TV. She hates her son, Lumpy, who's a little <laughs> bastard. Like, she lives with a lecherous old man named Itchy. And a, it's Chewie's dad. Son. It's yeah. her father-in-law. Yeah, but uh, She's surrounded by these men. I detected yeah. that she continually was distracted by other men. Like she was. She was kind of, like, Which fits contemplating, with you know. That relationships are hard. While Chewie's yeah. gone, you know, her one's eyes will wander. Yeah. Mm. And he's gone a long time. Relationships are hard. Also, a theme we saw in the bar scene when uh, B. Arthur's uh, suitor with the hole in his head uh, was having a lot of trouble uh, getting her to notice him. So that was an elegant scene. It was artfully done. Well, there's a lot to unpack here, and thank you very much for that, Cricket. I feel like you tapped on a number of key themes that we can explore in greater detail over the next two hours. <laughs> so Life Day is fast approaching, and the, the, this movie started out with a bang. Chewie and Han under assault. Yeah. Yep. We don't know if they're going to make it back. 
I mean, it is intense stuff. They're being pursued by the Imperials. There's Star Destroyers everywhere. And I knew, buckle up, we are in for one hell of an adventure. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing roller coaster. And if you're a fan like me, you've often wondered when watching the original Star Wars, when, when meeting Ben Kenobi, when going on that crazy trench run, I wonder what's happening right now to Chewie's family. <laughs> and for all of those, all those of you that have had that thought, this film is the perfect answer for you because it will show you, scene by scene, precisely what domesticated life is like for Chewie's family. Notably, his father, Itchy, his beautiful wife, Mala, who Pop-Pop clearly had a thing for. We can talk about that a little bit later. And his, uh, his, his adoring son, Lumpy. All-star cast. Absolutely all-star cast. You, uh, Cricket mentioned B. Arthur. There's also Art Carney, everyone's favorite. Diane Carroll comes in for a very saucy sequence, which I look forward to talking about. And, of course, we've got Jefferson, Jefferson Starship and Harvey Corman. I mean, Harvey Corman, who I believe plays the chef... And other characters, I believe. Yeah, he pops up a lot. He He's pops up a lot. Traits. He is indeed. So things kick off. We've got we've got the escape sequence with Han and Chewie, but then we get to see a snapshot of domesticated life in which Lumpy is living at home with his grandpa and mom, and Lumpy can't seem to catch a break. Yeah. Cricket, please talk about some of the, the trials and travails of, of Lumpy. Of the misadventures of Lumpy. The misadventures yeah. of Lumpy. That could be a movie in and of itself. It could. It almost was. Really. <laughs> almost was. Yeah. Well, he, he's constantly being asked to do his Wookiee chores. Yeah. Which are pretty similar to human chores, taking out the garbage, washing yeah. dishes. Didn't you feel like there were, it was a way to humanize the Wookiees? You just get a sense they're going through a lot of the same things we do. Yeah. Well, since we couldn't, I mean, there were no subtitles, so we couldn't understand what the Wookiees were saying. But I, I did feel like I understood them, like deep in their souls, looking into their eyes. Mm hmm. That I knew Beautiful that Lumpy, eyes. I knew Lumpy didn't want to do the dishes or take out the garbage. Or take out the garbage. He didn't even have to say it. He was just just acting and he, writing. It's just he, he wanted to take that snack, and his mom slaps his hands. <sighs> pop, pop. You can relate to this. Yeah, of course I can. Um, yeah, I, I saw I saw a lot of this what they call the day to day life of a Wookiee family as being sort of a little unhinged. Mm. Um, you know, the, they go through the motions, the, the mm. Wookiee, lump, lump, Lumpy, takes out the trash, um, and but then suddenly flirting with... Suicide. With, with suicide. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the grandpa sitting in his recliner watching softcore pornography on a hologram machine. Mm. Um, yeah, everything... Experience. Yeah, I don't know... I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, I was terrified for most of it. I think if, if I could jump in here, I think there was really a prescient uh, commentary on the pervasive influence of technology in our lives in this movie. Mm -hmm. That uh, these Wookiees, whenever anything goes wrong, their solution is to go to a video screen That's and true. escape into a titillating, uh, seductive song or a yeah. mm -hmm. wacky... Cirque du dance routine, cooking videos. Yeah. Was, they didn't talk. They didn't try to talk it out. They just escaped into their devices. Yeah. It really was remarkable foresight on behalf of everyone involved in this project. They very quickly established Mala as the, the homemaker wearing her apron, doing the dishes. But she misses. She has a yearning in her heart for her absentee husband. Mm -hmm. mm. Where is Chewie? Chewie's on the, Chewie's on the Falcon. Um, Whooping up on, on where some. is Chewie mentally, though? I think is what uh, 
Double T's was asking. I see. Well, I don't know. If knowing everything about knowing what I know about Chewie from the other films, which is um, substantial. Yeah, I think there's a reason why he stays away from home. Uh, if that's what he has to come back to, how um, a senile, prurient father, a wife who just is apparently really bad at cooking. Why uh, a child who is just so aggravating? Um, you weren't a you you weren't a Lumpy fan. No, no. I, I, I how could you not Lumpy. love Lumpy? I despise Lumpy. Um, <laughs> I laughed when his toys were smashed. Um, <laughs> his toys were smashed. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, yeah. There are a number of diversions here in, into various video screens. One of the earliest ones involves holograms from Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, Cirque, are they really from Cirque, Cirque du Soleil? Yes, it's the original Cirque du Soleil actors. Really? Performers. But they're... The original performers. Huh. We'll, we'll fact check that later. <laughs> Shortly after watching Cirque du you see that Mala is quite concerned. She wants to know where her husband is, and she reaches out to a mutual friend in Luke Skywalker. Mm. Cricket. And the scene-stealing performance by Mark Hamill. Thoughts on Luke. RNG Luke. And radiant as always. Yeah. Just uh, always in control, confident. <clears throat> Knows what's going on. He gets burnt to death by an engine. He does. He actually dies. Yeah, I found that yeah. to be a bit grim. I mean, mm-hmm. knowing knowing what you had told us before the film about being in an accident, that when the, at the end of the call and the engine starts smoking and going crazy, and he's like, ah! Yeah. It was it kind of, it was a little little too close to home. Yeah. yeah although that would have, they could have just explained that as the source of his scars in Empire. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. For, for explanation, you see the holiday special. <laughs> now, shortly after we're introduced to Luke, we're introduced to another character who I just I couldn't quite hear his name, so I wrote down Strong Bad, who is a pawn shop owner, and he's dealing with an imperial customer who's not the nicest guy. For some reason, the imperial in his pawn shop has a has a very strong mechanical accent, even though he's wearing no mask of any kind. I didn't quite understand that. But what, what did you think of Strong Bad? He wore a rather revealing shirt. This is, for, for viewers who haven't had the opportunity to see this film, Strong Bad is an old, overweight man with a big hairy chest, and he's wearing a, an open shirt that's uh, pretty much unbuttoned to his navel. Mm. Pop, Pop, what did you think of Strong Bad? Well, I, I thought and he what was, was his actual name? Did I'm you? looking it up. Okay, thank uh, you. So he was played by... Uh, Art Carney. Art Carney, absolutely. And the character... Son Dan. Is, so it's not Strong Bad, it's... Son Dan? Oh, it's pretty close. So interesting. Uh, this character was an early incarnation of Lando, uh, who's mm. described in early drafts of The Empire Strikes Back and Lucas's notes as being a gambler who runs a general store on the Wookiee planet, quote, a guy who trades with the Indians. Mm-hmm. And you'll recall when we were watching this and saying, "What do you think that man has done in his life?" Uh, Bad things. One of one of one of you said cheating at poker. Uh, so that's. that's I thought we were talking about the actor Art Carney, though. Oh, not the character. I was talking about Art Carney. That's true. We were. Yeah. yeah. I think in real life he's done far worse things. Art Carney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like what? I think that there might be some. Uh, some Name it. <laughs> I just imagined some bodies wrapped up in carpets and dumpsters <laughs> when it comes to Art Carney. That was just my impression of him. Like, he's seen some shit. Possums. No. I okay, think his me. name probably appears on some registries, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
Anyway, moving on. Another fun terrible. What? The character was a terrible character. Yeah. Son. No, strong bad. Son. Yeah. Son Dan. Yeah. What? Why didn't you like Son Dan? Just very aggravating and pointless. Mm. Much like the entire movie. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. Um, in in a way to jumpstart the the movie, because at one point it does. There's a little bit of a lull. Uh, Mala tunes into a thrilling cooking show with a crossdresser, and there's a hilarious skit in which she stirs, whips, and beats her recipe. Pop pop, you were laughing very hard throughout that <laughs> sequence. <laughs> it was difficult for me to bring you back. Yeah, yeah, that was like the the most. Um... I don't know. It, it was, was like the best of Monty Python. No, it was one of the, it was one of several scenes in this film which were like a bad acid trip, or what <clears throat> I would imagine a bad acid trip to be like. Mm-hmm. Utterly pointless, no contribution to the plot. You know, sort of creepy avant nineteen seventies aesthetic, um, fuzzy focus. <laughs> several moments that seemed to be intended as jokes. But we're not recognizably funny now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the TV chef is cooking and, and has this little song, and then you see that she doesn't... Stir, just, whip, beat. Stir, and, and then she, she starts growing arms. Um, and then... You can never point, have too the, many in the kitchen. The camera, yep, <laughs> that's that's true. And then at some point, the camera just pans away, and and that's and that's it. That's all. And okay. moments after, we are whisked away onto a separate adventure, in which Art Carney approaches our good friend Itchy and gives him a little, you know. For this scene, I, I really think it's important for Pop Pop to take <laughs> us through. This is the uh, the Diane McMahon. Uh, sequence. Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll. <laughs> the hologram. What yes. was the name of her character? Mermia Holographic Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holographic is her middle name. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to producer Mitzi Welch, uh, mm-hmm. the sequence, uh, that sequence, uh, was intended <clears throat> to be softcore porno that would pass the censors. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the tone of the of the scene was, was quite sexual, I thought. Uh, you know, f- sci-fi mm. sex. Uh, Having an old man watch softcore porn. Not just an old man, no, an a, old Wookiee. Yeah. It's just an interesting creative choice for a holiday family special. For and Star the, Wars, The yeah. theme of bold. It was the, bold. Think, yeah. The theme of her song, I found to be quite ironic, which was how do you take one minute... And stretch it out into an eternity. <laughs> kept coming up throughout the film in one way or another. Um, did that strike a, strike a chord with you, Pop Pop? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, yeah, the whole the whole film it ran eighty eight minutes, uh, roughly eighty eight eternities, sitting watching it. The mm. plot probably could have been condensed into a minute. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I mean that that musical number. Um, some some questionable choices in terms of cinematography. You know, she would be singing, and then there would be another version of her with half of her face blocked out, or like it's so just, just her eye covered by herself in in the foreground. When it when it ended, um, it again just ended very abruptly. And do you remember the choppiness? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. 
I mean, it's like, is this real? Is it a dream? I don't know. But Diane Carroll knows. Wow. But that happened also in the instructional video for Lumpy's toy. Oh man, man's voice kept that thing out. got out of control. But that's much later in the film. We've got a lot more to get through before we talk about that instructional oh, video. Sorry yeah. for getting ahead of myself. Yeah. So then we're introduced to Princess Leia. Her uh, hair bonds were doing overtime in this yeah. one. Yeah, they seemed a bit a bit bigger than usual. Buoyant. Yeah. I mean, right? It was it was a bit out of control. One other thing, just a quick comment on Strong Bad. What's his name? Sean. Sondon. Sondon. Did you notice that he was wearing hearing aids throughout? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can visibly see his, his hearing aids. And it's the future. Uh, not that I'm discriminating against, against uh, hearing aids in any sense, but I, I was a bit surprised to see that in the Star Wars movie. Cricket, what do you think? What's your take on that? I just assumed it was meant to be some kind of futuristic translating earpiece. Oh, so that's how he understands the Wookiees. Right. Perfect. Pretty obvious. Thank you for clarifying that for not only me, but for all of our listeners and the entire Star Wars universe. I mean, it had to be a carefully planned, created decision by the writing team hmm. maybe it also explains why he's such a fast talker because shortly after this the imperials bust in and they're looking for evidence and this is where everybody's heart rate gets up a few notches am i right i was on the edge of my seat pop pop yeah, yeah, me too. It was crazy intense. Strong Bad's able to distract the Imperials by showing them a Jefferson Starship video. A video which, and this is a fun fact, that uh, Cricket had initially appeared in but was later cut from. Tell us about that experience, making that video. <laughs> Cricket. Well, I mean, sure you want me to get into this? Yeah, go for it. I don't want to get sued. Our listeners want to know. I know that you had to, to sign an NDA, but please, whatever you can, we appreciate it. Well, I wore a Jefferson Airplane T-shirt to the shooting, which uh, they didn't really take kindly to. Too obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I was was in my early twenties and trying to ruffle some feathers. Uh, Backfired on me. That's Mm -hmm. all. That's all I have to say about it. So Mm -hmm. I was cut. Mm -hmm. I was cut. Pop-Pop was in his 60s when that <laughs> It's true. And uh, David Acomba, who is the director... Impossum years. Impossum years. Impossum years. <laughs> David Acomba was the original director of this... Uh, well, of the entire film, but he quit after a few days of shooting. What happened? Well, he directed this musical number by Jefferson Starship. Which and also was the one, amazing. Also the one by Bea Arthur. Oh, um, yeah. I can't and then he also actually that. commissioned the animated segment uh, featuring Boba Fett. Wow. Uh, but then he quit. Wow. I don't know why he lost his way because he was walking away from a winner. I think it was health reasons. Oh. Is he, how's he doing? He got better. Oh, good. Okay. Phew. So the Jefferson Starship video features a keytar. It concludes in a very mysterious way that I feel captures the essence of the mystery of the Star Wars Holiday Special. They vanish without a trace. Remember the long yeah. fade? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and the Imperial who was watching it was just just mesmerized. Mm-hmm. And then we watch a cartoon. Then there's a little cartoon uh, interlude. Uh, this is the first time that we would have seen Bo- Boba Fett. Right. Yeah, ever. That's, that's remarkable. So the first time Boba Fett ever appears in Star Wars is in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yep. That is amazing. I never knew that. Now, I will say, and, and our, our dear listeners are well aware of this, that Lucas later reinserted Bo- Boba Fett or inserted Boba Fett for the first time into A New Hope in the Blu-ray release. But that said, 
it was interesting to see him in animated form, as well as all of our other uh, heroes and friends in animated form, voiced by the original actors. What did you think of the depiction of Han Solo in these scenes, Cricket? There was a recurring joke where uh, people kept asking Wookiees like, why they had a long face, mm. as if it was uh, obvious. But the real person with the long face was Han Solo's animated character. It was in the very, cartoon. It was elongated, almost... Uh, Surrealist, yes, uh, in a way, and squinty-eyed. Yes, did not look look like Han. <coughs> a lot of the characters were a little uh, off. Yeah, a little melty. That their faces were melting. Yeah, but again, it I was mean, I think it, it had to seventies you know, drug culture. Yeah, that's some some was on drugs. Yeah. Just kind of a representation of how uh, kind of confused everyone was. In that era, the Carter years. Well, and in the movie, on life day, separated from their families and loved ones. Yeah. Things get a little crazy. Pop-up, Pop-up, why was Luke flying a Y-Wing in the cartoon segment? Uh, That wasn't made clear to us, uh, like so many other things. They were trying (laughs) to track down the Millennium Falcon, uh, which inexplicably dove under the surface of the jelly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then Luke shows up in a Y-wing, uh, which is actually a one-seater aircraft in this cartoon, or was it two-seater? And a monster came up out of the jelly, and, and they're able to split it off. It like the the tip shoots off. But yeah, I shot it. That that cartoon was actually, I think, the low point. Of, the low point of the, of the entire holiday. Special. I kind of wish that the whole thing was like that cartoon. That's interesting. A point of divergence here. Mm. I didn't know if the cartoon was supposed to somehow be real. Mm. Did that? really happen in the movie but well Lumpy was certainly reacting as if that was real he was watching it Lumpy was pretty immersed he tried to hide it from the Imperial Guard when they came over because he didn't want him to see any clues right because he's you know he's watching a pro rebel show effectively probably Lumpy is just stupid do you really think that that Lumpy thought the cartoon was really happening no would you feel bad making fun of Lumpy Pop Pop if you knew that his IQ was in fact very low um, and you hated him too, right? Cricket? Yes. Pop-Pop really hated him. Yeah, I really did. Quite a lot. Um, he was irritating. <laughs> he had creepy eyes. Um, that didn't that understand winning word, smile. Didn't understand a word he was saying. He had a winning smile. Would um, you go back in time to kill Chewie if you knew it meant Lumpy wouldn't be born? No. But then Han wouldn't have a partner to fly the Millennium Falcon? No. no. Never, no. I mean, yeah. I gotta, I gotta Pop admit, up. I always, even in the uh, the, the 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 feature uh, Star Wars movies, I was always really irritated by um, by Chewie. What? Um, yeah, yeah. There's something about the noise he makes. I just could never. I, he uh-huh. makes my skin crawl. This is All Wookies, Wookies make my skin crawl. Well, I think it tells us something about Chewie that he turned out so well. Given the he got away. He was the one that got away. With a family like that, I'd try to get away, too. <clears throat> is the planet the Wookiees live on called Wookiee? Well, the planet that they're... Uh, this is a great question that you raised, because Thank the you. planet I, uh, that the Wookiees live on, I always thought was Kashyyyk, right? Yeah. Kashyyyk. Yeah. At one point, they referred to it as Kazook. Mm, really? The Imperials referred to it as Kazook, and I wrote down in bold letters, Kazook planet? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What are they talking about? So they're on a different planet. But the they've got to be on Kashyyyk. I think it's just a they continuity must, error. They must be. Yeah. Maybe the Imperials are just confused. They tend Maybe to be bozos anyway. To throw yeah. them off because they thought they would be on Kashyyyk. 
Possibly. Because that's where the Wookiees live. Possibly. Then there's a, this extended sequence in which, uh, in which Lumpy plays with the circuit breaker module, and there's an instructional video. Mm-hmm. Cricket, what did you think of the instructional video to the, the circuit breaker module? Really uh, opened up the movie plot-wise to us, I thought, that seeing the instructional video for the toy that Lumpy got for Christmas, or for Life Day, yeah. uh, really, From uh, Strong Bad. really drove, drove the plot along. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and for about 20 minutes, too. Yeah. It was an extended sequence, I mean, almost was, as long was, as the scene that integral. followed. You couldn't, I mean, I don't think you could lose <coughs> a second of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just tight. Pop, <laughs> 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 uh, pop, what did you think of the instructional video? I think it was intentionally, um, it, it was put in there to, to mess with us. Um, it was an art sequence. It was... Not in any way meant to be humorous. I feel like if I could go back and see it again, there must be some kind of message there to decode. Um, but frankly, I don't care enough. You could go back and see it again. I, I, I could. I think that we should go watch it right now. We've got time. The next sequence, which was actually the bulk of the movie, this was the longest of these sub-sequences. You've, our listeners will have picked up by now that this film was made up of a series of these little little intervals, these little little uh, sequences. But the one that followed was a public service announcement about life on Tatooine and featured B. Arthur, everyone's favorite golden girl. Mm-hmm. She also played Maud on a television show of that era. Uh, but B. Arthur is kind of a surly bartender on Tatooine in the, the popular Star Wars bar that everyone remembers from the original movie. And there, there are a number of things that happen here. I mean, first off, she has a suitor that comes and tries to win her over. He's got an interesting hairdo and drinks uh, his alcohol via that hairdo. Uh, there's also a musical number in which she dances with jazz hands. Yeah. The Imperials issue uh, a pressing alert that's going to shut down the bar earlier than expected. But it, it was really quite quite a remarkable sequence, and I thought it was well worth the 40 minutes that it took to get <laughs> through, uh, particularly when she got to dance with Greedo and others using jazz hands. Yeah. I mean, any sequence, you throw in B. Arthur, jazz hands, and Greedo, bang, blockbuster success. You know, now that I think about it, there were so many romantic themes yes. in this. These little moments that existed between various characters. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it just stands in... I mean, yes, there's some very light romance in, in, the, in the Star Wars films. But here, it seemed to be an overdrive. And mm-hmm. this sort of sad ballad that Bea Arthur was singing mm-hmm. about, you know, love and days gone by seemed really out of place in a place like uh, the most Ashley Cantina. Maybe a commentary on the fleeting nature of romance that as soon as two characters would get together, like B. Arthur and her man, uh, Itchy and the hologram. Uh, as soon as uh, they got somewhere in their relationship, we would cut to a new scene very abruptly. Which relationships do you think would last the longest of the ones you just mentioned? Probably Itchy's. Yeah. The hologram. What about Chuli and Mala? Yeah, I think... Well, no, not Chuli and Mala. It was... So you remember when the pawnbroker came in? Yeah, strong bat. Yeah, and Chewie hadn't hadn't come back yet, and Mala looked at him with this look in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that one would last longer. Mala and Mala and the, pawn, the pawnbroker. Remarkable, just remarkable. Then Han shows up. 
Han busts in, and we get to see this intense action sequence, maybe one of the most exciting sequences in in the entire Star Wars canon, in which Han takes out a stormtrooper on on the Kashyyyk base, and boy, does he have a long fall ahead of him. One of my favorite bits here is when Han goes in and he sees the family. You know, it's been a while since he's seen Itchy and Mala and Lumpy. And he, he, he takes a long look. With kind of like a warm, avuncular uh, aspect to it when he looks at Lumpy and he says, Will you look at Lumpy? What are you saying about Lumpy? Well, no, he's like, you know, his voice is changing. Look at him. He is just growing up before. That is an interesting twist. Mm. Spoiler alert. It fits with the Star Wars canon of. Everyone's uh, related. Yeah. Not knowing who your real father is. And then moments later, Han turns to the camera and he says, you're like family to me. And He was talking to us, the viewers. He was. He was. <laughs> We're all a part of Han's family. And shortly after, everyone grabs a Life Day ball. And they, <laughs> they, they carry the illuminated Life Day balls mm. together. And into, Princess Leia into the Tree of Life. And how did they get there, though? Where were they exactly? Pop up. I don't know. <laughs> it was some... It was almost as if someone, it was like a someone dream. said they were dead. It was almost as if they had died and gone to heaven. Yeah, it, yeah. they suddenly showed up in robes, and they're all walking towards this white orb. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were more Wookiees in robes than there are members in the family. It was so... so everyone was there. Well, on Life Day, everyone, you know, takes, a, we sip may of, look they take a sip of the special Life Day punch, and then you're <laughs> off to the races. That's absolutely right. And Princess Leia sings the Life Day song... She explains how Life Day is truly about freedom, harmony, and peace, regardless of how you look. It's beautiful. At this moment, we would like to pause to allow Red Bandit to offer some remarks. It's time for Smart Money Tip of the Week from the Possum Times with the Red Bandit. Hi, Possums. This is the Red Bandit calling in with your Smart Money Tips. I know things have been volatile out there in the markets, but fear not, I have a couple of hot tips to get your portfolio back on track. My first tip is to buy some low-end Wookiee costumes. Not only were they good enough for this film, but I think there's huge crossover potential for the furry community. My second tip is consider this new trend called e-commerce. Notice when Mala was able to call in and remotely order some goods online? I think there's a lot of potential for this e-commerce thing to really take off. My third and final tip is that your portfolio should be long on drugs. Particularly, I would try to be overweight on cocaine. As shown by both the actors in this movie and the overall direction of the script, there's huge demand for drugs out there. So I think any portfolio that's weighted strongly towards drugs over the next fiscal year will do great. So possums, take all these tips, incorporate them, and I'm sure you will see great success in the future. This is the Red Bandit signing out. Thank you, Red Bandit. That was fantastic. Without wasting another moment, pop-pop, final thoughts and grades. Uh, This was, I think, the worst film uh, that I have ever watched. What? Much less the worst film that Possum Times has ever covered. I give it an F. The only reason I don't give it an F- minus is because of that... um, that, uh, with Megan McMahon, uh, that, that musical number. 
It was so far from her name. It was actually all right. But no, overall, it was terrible. The pacing was garbage. Uh, it was like a fever dream. Um, it was like a fever dream. Mm. Fever dreams are good, though. No sympathetic characters whatsoever, except Han. Um, and he didn't want to be in this film anyway. They had to twist his leg. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. F from you. Yep. Cricket. I read a lot. Well, I read for a half hour or so about this movie this morning. Uh, some of the show critical, prep. the critical reception, the reaction from fans, how negative it was. People are and cruel. Think, but usually, usually when I when I go into a movie with all this negative uh, feedback in my mind, uh, I end up kind of liking it because it's not as because nothing can be as bad as people mm-hmm. are saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was. Just as even worse. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know if there. Are, I think the problem is I don't know if there are words to properly express how bad it is. So what I was reading online made me think, oh, it's going to be bad when mm-hmm. it's really on some other level below bad. So I'm going to give it a C plus. Nice. What was thrilling to me about this, in addition to being a rollicking adventure story, was the chance to see Han being Han, Leia being Leia, and Luke being Luke, played by the original trio of actors, back just just moment, you know, within a year after they had filmed the original movie. I mean, this is really kind of an un, underappreciated, unrecognized masterpiece. And the fact that the, the message of the film revolves around freedom, harmony, and peace. These are three pillars that we can all model our lives around. I think that's an important message. I think that the sequence with the softcore pornography was a little bit bold, but it worked here. It worked here. I mean, we were all like, yeah, makes sense. Star Wars. So on, on that note, <laughs> uh, and, and we also meet Boba Fett for the first time. It's fascinating to me that this is the first time we meet Boba Fett. Clearly, uh, you know, one of one of everyone's favorite characters. I'd like to thank everyone for gathering around the table on Life Day and listening to this very special edition of the Possum Times. <laughs> I give it an A. This has been the Possum Times.